Thanks for tuning in to this special Fashion Month edition of the Glossy Podcast. Recording live from the epic Showfield in NoHo. Check out their Brooklyn location. We'll be here daily throughout New York Fashion Week. We're so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I'm co-hosting with Danny Parisi, Glossy's senior fashion reporter. We're being joined by Lauren Wilson, budding TikTok star and CEO and founder of Dora Mar, the luxury e-tailer that allows you to shop the closets of fashion icons. Every New York Fashion Week, we have the pleasure of seeing Lauren at show after show. So we wanted to ask her about the event's importance to her evolving business and about her plans to take advantage of marketing and networking opportunities throughout the week. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you guys so much for having me. Such a compliment, TikTok star. You're my biggest supporter. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's just really quickly, oh we goodness. have to talk about your TikTok presence because I stumbled upon you. Thank you, algorithm. Oh my goodness. You're killing it. You're. It's so fun to follow you, but I'm sure it's time consuming. How, oh my goodness. How are you fitting this in your day? I had a month in August where I was like, I am loving TikTok. I was making these series talking about who are our muses, muses, who's everyone inspired by when they get ready in the morning. And then Fashion Week came up and I moved apartments and I have to get back on it this week. That is one of my goals. So thank you for inspiring me. Outfits of the day. What are we going to see? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's so hot here. So we're going to be cool and comfortable, easy breezy. Um, I've been embracing a flat, as I told you guys earlier, because Fashion Week, you're constantly running around. And so thank goodness, sneakers, ballet flats are back. Like we're ready to kind of be able to just be nimble. Yeah. Before we get into business, it's day one of New York Fashion Week. We're here. What are we wearing? Oh my goodness. This is, I would say my Carolina Herrera inspired outfit. It's um, just a white J. Crew men's button down from our head of fashion who will give me all of his leftover J. Crew button downs. Um, and this is a Tibby skirt from, from Dora Mar. Um, and <sighs> some new Louboutin flats, which are super cute but super uncomfortable at the moment. So we just need a day to break them in. <laughs> yeah, well, this would be a perfect spot to break them in because you're going to be doing a lot of walking, I imagine, going between shows. Yes. Um, yeah, do you often shop Dora Mar? Like, do you browse the catalog all the time and see what's Where out there? Where else would you shop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, obviously, I have access to Dora Mar, which is amazing, and our muses closets, which are all the tastemakers, fashion collectors, influencers um, that, you know, sell their curated closets and edits with us. Um, it's the most amazing pieces. So I feel really lucky. And I love those like really cool vintage finds that some muses will let go of, which I have no idea why, because they're amazing. Um, and you know, my other secret sauce place is Etsy. Etsy oh. is one of my favorite places to find like random vintage, cute jewelry. I think it's something about some of the mom and pop vendors on there. Like I just love the idea of storytelling, as you guys know, with you know, the platform we built with Doramar. And so these Etsy vendors kind of have that as well. And so um, that's my other secret sauce for things. I'm also pro Etsy for the record. <laughs> I have bought several things, but I've also brought, I bought stuff from Etsy that says it's vintage 1970s, um, you know, 100% cotton. And then I get it in the mail and I'm like, I don't think this is from the 70s and I don't think it's 100% cotton. To, so. do, I come on. Like yeah. message him and I'm like, can I take a, can I see a picture of that? Yeah. I, like, yes, you can there's definitely. There's definitely some, some stuff like that out definitely. there, but there's so much cool, you know, yeah. that, that's a good, that's a good yeah. spot. I, yeah. I, I Finding unique that. pieces. Yes. Unique pieces as the red thread of, of, of my wardrobe, I think. Right on. Well, tell me, I see you, we see you at shows all the time, um, which I love, but what is your, I guess, New York Fashion Week, I don't want to say style, but are you on a mission? Is it all business? What is your like agenda during a typical fashion week? Oh my gosh. Well, Brian and I are head of fashion. We are always, like you said, Jill, kind of going to all the shows. Um, about 18 months ago, Dora Mar expanded to be 
um, this marketplace where we have all these incredible brand partners that our muses curate into their closets. And so we're going to their shows, their presentations, seeing what's coming down the runway, um, seeing what our muses will love. And so that's always super exciting. And I think you know, Fashion Week becomes this time where the fashion family comes together and you're seeing people that you haven't seen all summer. Um, so it's definitely high energy. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, I, you know, personally love fashion. So I, you know, I think when you're sitting at a show, you kind of you know, see the lights go down and you're like, this is why we work so hard to be where we are, because there is such a magic and dreamy part to the show. Um, but I think on the business side, one of the things that you know, we love about Fashion Week is the street style. So we have this really, really exciting um, initiative that we do. We started it last last September called Muses Through the Lens. And so our photographers will be out and about at every major show, um, capturing the best of the best street style. And we'll be uploading it to our Instagram, TikTok, um, to our Doma Canvas blog platform in real time. Um, and so it's always really exciting to see our muses at shows and how they've, you know, interpreted their Fashion Week style and then finding new muses that, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, that girl's amazing style. Like she's got to be a muse with us. Um, and so it becomes a really fun kind of, uh, you know, community thing that we do um, during Fashion Week. Yeah, actually, I also wanted to ask something about that because uh, I think a lot of people think of Fashion Week as if you're a brand or if you're in, in a fashion business at all, you want to do a show or you want to do some sort of showcase or activation. But it seems like there are a lot of ways that it can be beneficial, either just on an individual level, like you said, you go to the shows, you see what's happening. Are you also doing like networking other than finding muses? Like, are you meeting potential partners? Are you talking to the brands? Because I know you said you've been getting more brand partners on the platform recently. Is that still part of it for you? Totally. I think it's really great what places like Black and Fashion Council do, where we went to an event um, this Wednesday with Ray's Fashion Network, which are both, um, you know, uh, organizations that support BIPOC designers. Um, and that's something that's really important to, to me personally, um, being a, you know, a woman of color founder. Um, and so I think finding new designers that maybe aren't showing down the runway, but um, are being supported and getting the eyes out about who they are and what their collections are about. We found amazing brand partners through these organizations. Um, Charles Harbison and Azalea are just incredible brand partners that we met through um, Black and Fashion Council's showroom at Spring Place. So that is definitely something that we're always looking for. You know, what brands are we loving? Do we think our muses will love? Um, it's great seeing our muses out and about because they'll invite us to things and say, there's this great brand, like I would love to carry it into my Doma closet, like y'all should meet them. Um, so it is a huge networking opportunity. And I think one of the exciting things about Fashion Week is you can only plan so much because you kind of have to say yes to kind of every opportunity um, that comes up because everyone's here at one time for, you know, five, six days. And so you have to take advantage of that. Right on. Charles Harbison, I love him. He'll be in a future episode of the Glossy Podcast. He is, first of all, mega Watt smile. Absolutely yeah. adore him as a person. And he is just so talented. And him and his team are just they are incredible at what they do and they work so hard and they have such a clear vision. And so I feel really lucky that, you know, we've been able to partner with him. Right on. Does, um, you were talking about the kind of ramped up uh, Fashion Week content on across your social channels. Mm -hmm. How does that translate, I guess, into business for you? Is it um, about alignment and we're in the fashion? No, we're also an insider. Or um, is it, do you see it as marketing? Do you see it as a sales opportunity? Like, how does it translate to a boost at all or, or um, a benefit to the business? Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it's a huge organic mar marketing initiative for us. It's obviously overall brand awareness. Um, it's also, a, you know, 
uh, a way for us to acquire new muses. You know, we can only find so many muses and get referred so many muses at a time. Um, and so we're kind of organically finding these really cool street style stars that, you know, maybe this is our first fashion week they're attending, or uh, maybe we've never caught them through the lens before. So um, it also becomes that. I think, you know, Dormar is built entirely on organic marketing through our muse community and just our brand initiatives. Um, so this becomes a really crucial moment to kind of drive that organic um, you know, awareness that we that we do throughout the year. But this is obviously a big moment for that. I, I had a question. So it's interesting because Doramar is built on like these muses and they're they're they have taste and they curate, but you're kind of curating the muses because you're picking who's <laughs> out there, you know. So it all does kind of like your taste factors into it as well. I'm wondering like when you're when you're meeting people who might possibly be good muses. Um, what are you looking for? What catches your eye? Do you try to, you know, find people who have something that you don't already have? Or are you, you know, I don't know, what what goes into it when no, you're that's meeting a, people? That's a, that's a good question. I think what makes Doramar really exciting is it's not just influencer. Yes, there are women on there who are professional content creators, um, but we really lean into the fashion collector, the industry person, and the micro-influencer who, you know, maybe has a normal nine to five, but like goes to shows because she loves fashion and um, that's what she loves to talk about. So I think, you know, two things. When you find a great muse and, you know, they have a great audience and you've captured this new clientele, you want to give them more muses that are kind of similar, right? Because you want to expand the kind of style that they like. Um, but also we want to get into new audiences, right? Like I think, um, you know, we've we've kind of onboarded a few muses who have this great archive collection of the Japanese designers like Junya Watanabe and, and Yoji and Comb. And so um, that brings a totally new audience to us. So I think what we look for in a muse is someone who has a story to tell with their style. And that story is different for every single person, um, but there's always context and curation at the center of that. And um, I know it sounds a bit intangible, and it is, and that's why um, having, you know, our creative team and our head of fashion is so important because it is that kind of secret it sauce thing that we look for, um, but it, it varies. I have a hunch. Um, I know maybe you're looking for those more emerging designers when you're show hopping, but would you say that uh, rather than the Ralph Laurens and the maybe Christian Sirianos, the, the names that everyone knows or the big ticket shows, um, has your style changed in terms of what you're zeroing in on and how you want to spend your time? What, what are you most excited about this week? Yeah. I mean, I love the emerging designers because I think at the end of the day, like that designer muse concept goes all the way back to, you know, couture houses in the fifties and um, these couturiers kind of starting their houses and finding that, that, that group of women that inspired them and kind of you know, took them to the next level. And I kind of feel like Dormar is that in 2023 where we have these amazing muses and we're introducing them to designers as well. Um, one of my favorite designers who's showing on Monday is Alejandro Alonso Rojas. Um, she has just exceptionally beautiful clothing, beautiful colors, her crochet work, her knit work. It's just absolutely stunning. And um, we have some muses that have become major fans of hers. And so um, I love kind of creating, I think that's what makes fashion so exciting is when you can create those connections. Um, so yes, the big dogs are always really exciting. And it's great to see Ralph Lauren back on the um, New York Fashion Week calendar. That was my first job in fashion years and years ago. Um, but I think the magic really happens when you find that that talent that you can kind of grow grow with. Are you going to be uh, bouncing to the other fashion weeks? Potentially, we'll see. Oh, right on! <laughs> but New York is yeah, New York. Where it's New York at. Look, we're 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 born and bred New York. Um, you know, our offices are are out in Brooklyn. So, um, but the team would love to kind of get out in in Paris. I I, I think because um, it is such a crucial moment, and this Muses to the Lens initiative is something that is really exciting for brands, muses, ourselves. So we want to expand that more globally. Yeah, 
Um, so I know we were talking about how you're working more directly with the brands, um, but Doramar started as a consignment-focused kind of platform. Um, do you feel like there's more room at Fashion Week for consignment and you know other kind of comp- fashion companies and models that aren't just brands and runways? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And resale, the resale portion of Doramar is the really special part of it. It is like the storytelling is incredibly authentic because muses will, you know, resell items that they wore to Fashion Week, right? And they've got that story and where they wore it and what show they saw it in. Um, so I think there's definitely room. We talk about what, you know, a DOMA Fashion Week show would look like, right? Or um, activation. So I think you're also seeing brands really um, lean into their own archives and what archival can mean for them. And so um, I think, you know, we can't keep the same formula forever and you'll see it really evolve. And actually, as I was walking here, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this collection is spring 2024, right? Like we're kind of almost five years out of COVID, right? Like what is the pulse of fashion week? What is, uh, you know, what do people care about? How do people want to consume fashion week? What experiences do they want to have? And so I think we're, we're at a really interesting inflection point where we're moving into an entirely new wave of, of what this all looks like. Yes. And it's interesting that you want to up your investment. You're thinking of a physical activation moving forward. Use This is still like as viable, as important as it ever was, and even more so maybe in the new the new era, the new fashion week. <laughs> I mean, in-person is so important. I think, you know, anyone's fooling you if they say that they're not seriously thinking about how they can connect with their customer, you know, feet on the ground and in real life. Um, right after Fashion Week, we're having our first activation in Charleston with a group of our muses there. Um, we'll be in, in California in October. So um, not just in New York, you know, there's so many amazing fashion lovers everywhere. Um, and so we're constantly thinking about in-person. You know, we really do want to open up um, kind of a New York front-facing uh, space as well, um, hopefully in 2024. So, um definitely on our radar. Fashion is experiential. You want to touch it and feel it. So Yeah. It, Charleston seems like it's blowing up too. I, I think we've talked about this before, Lauren, but I know so many brands who are opening stores in Charleston mm-hmm. or doing activations there. Is it King Street, I think, is that like yeah, super yeah. popular spot? We have two amazing muses, Jasmine and Jillian, who we're going to be hosting with. Um, it will be a really fun muse event um, that's happening. And so, um, yes, Charleston women love fashion. There's such a great market there. I think you see so many kind of East Coasters going back and forth um, from Charleston to New York. So we're excited to kind of expand different markets. Fantastic. Um, I have another question on, yeah. on Fashion Week related stuff. Um, so you've been going to the shows for a long time. We talked a lot about how, you know, the way that's evolving. What what other observations do you have on Fashion Week now compared to like pre-COVID uh, in terms of, I don't know, any anything that comes to mind, like the presentation, how brands are doing it, uh, the audience who's sitting in the front rows. I don't know. What have you observed as, as changing there? Yeah, I feel like there's like two waves of thoughts there. If like you're in the old guard, you know, definitely the, the crowd that goes to Fashion Week is different because let's be real, brands are spending money on this and they want to see their ROI. So, the, you know, they need people at the shows who are giving them visibility. Um, no shame in that. I'm a brand too. We totally understand that. Um, so obviously the mix is, is not just, you know, your buyers and editors and industry people. It's definitely expanded. But with that, I think it's cool because it gives people, um, you know, young women like myself when I was 15 years old, um, you know, watching Fashion Week through Style.com, Tim Blanks' story. Now they're consuming it in a different fashion because, you know, their favorite influencer is front row at some of their favorite shows. Um, so I think that's, ex- I think like there's something exciting about that as well. I don't think making fashion accessible or inclusive is, is necessarily a bad thing. It's just different than it, than it used to be. Um, but I think just in general, and from my personal um, take, I think I'll never take Fashion Week for granted just because we didn't have it for a while because of the pandemic. And so I think it is a moment to really, you know, set yourself, reset yourself and say, this is really exciting that I get to be here and do this. 
Um, everyone that works in fashion loves it because it's not glamorous. And there's definitely higher paid places to work. <laughs> yeah. So I think that everyone that's that's there really, really cares about the art of it. And I think it's a moment to take that in and and not take that for granted. Yes. You mentioned Tim Blink's um, reviews on style.com. We're speaking the same language. Like I lived and breathed the, those. Lived it kind those. of yes. was one of my inspirations to become a, a writer, reporter. Um, but outside of the shows that you're going to and the IRL experiences that you're having this week, would you say, like, how are you, how are you consuming Fashion Week, like, are have you reverted to your these certain influencers, these certain editors? I'm sure it's probably changed in the last couple of years as digital natives, I guess, have taken over, but not completely. But anyway, what wh- what are your go tos to say on the up and up besides glossy, of course? <laughs> Obviously, glossy because you do a fabulous job. I mean, I really am following our muses. I'll be honest because they are so on the pulse of things, and so. Um, I'm constantly looking at their Instagram and like where they're going and maybe it's a brand I hadn't heard about or whatever it is. And so um, I really zone in on on them, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of generally consume content about Fashion Week post-Fashion Week a little bit because it is so crazy hectic in that seven days or whatever it is, um, bouncing between events and shows and this and that. Um, so I kind of like to do a post-mortem after. And, and we do it with the team too. We kind of say like, what are the trends we're seeing? What kind of muses do we want to have on board to kind of represent those those trends and things? So um, definitely post-mortems are important because in the middle you're like, I need sleep, I need water. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly feel the same way. I feel like I Every season, I am so busy. I go to a bunch of shows, and then afterwards, there's always some huge thing that I completely missed because I just was too in the weeds with other stuff. Exactly, exactly. And also, hadn't had a drink of water all week. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's a good reminder. Good, <laughs> good reminder. Oh my exactly. gosh, Lauren, this was fantastic. If you had to say, hmm, one one thing that we can expect from you uh, on TikTok or other otherwise this week, what, what would it be? And we'll let you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's going to be a surprise, Jill. <laughs> the outfits are cannot be it's revealed It's still top yet. secret because we got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Lauren. Thank you for being here. This is so fun. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys Lauren. so much. Have a great fashion week. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast. 